Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Mindong. 88 days until the college basketball season tips off. Yeah, and uh, honestly, we've been on a little bit of a break. We tried to get this episode out uh, two, two days ago and also yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, we were not able to do so. But now we are full back in the swing of things. I am back at Clemson. Shout out to Clemson. Uh, orientation day, day one today. Pretty good, but uh, good to see everyone back at Clemson. Uh, I was also in Little John today, so uh, it was a little bit smaller than I thought, to be honest, but uh, I'll be going to most of those games uh, for Clemson this year. But, uh, yeah, just very excited to be back. And, obviously, we start the conference previews today. Big conference preview day today with the America East, the first one ever. And uh, it, it's one year ago today since we did the American East. Uh, so it's pretty funny how we're doing this on the same day uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And that same one year ago. It was also your birthday, so that means today is also your birthday. The big 19, you're getting old. Happy birthday, man. Appreciate it. I am getting very old, but uh, that, will not, that will not stop the show from going on. So uh, I appreciate the wishes. But let's just get right to these first couple pieces of recruiting breaking news. First up, probably the biggest piece we've had in a long, long time, 2022 five-star recruit Jalen Duren. He's going to be reclassifying to 2021. He's going to be committing somewhere. He's going to Memphis. Uh, very big, very big decision right here. He's going to be eligible for the upcoming fall. Obviously, 6'10 power forward. He chose Memphis over Kentucky, Miami, the NBL, which is in Australia, and also the G League. A massive gift for college hoops. Happy to see Duran finally in college basketball. Going to be with Memphis and Coach Penny Hardaway. What are your thoughts on Duran going to Memphis? Yeah, Memphis just got scary all of a sudden. Will I put them in at top 25? Hot take, I will not. I know they're – they're, they're starting five. That's that's definitely a top 25 caliber starting five. But just Penny Hardaway, he hasn't shown me anything the past couple years that he's been head coach. I honestly think they might not even make the tournament. <laughs> yeah, bold, bold statement. I really think it depends on Amani Bates. If he goes to Memphis, I think they have a very good chance to be in my top 25. Right now, I'm probably going to say not. But top 25-wise, we're not going to probably do one for a long, long time because we got – Obviously, these big commerce previews to get going in 88 days. We got 31 now, uh, not including today, in 87 days. So uh, we got to get rolling with things. So I don't know. But uh, I do not really right now, I do not have Memphis in my top 25. But however, if Imani Bates goes there, uh, oh, yeah. And by the way, if we didn't say this, he's uh, reclassifying as well. He has a list. Uh, we're going to get to it when he makes his decision. But uh, if he goes to Memphis, I think Memphis could definitely jump in the top 25. Right now, I'm saying no as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next up. 2022 five-star recruit Keontae George has committed to Baylor. Six-four shooting guard chose Baylor over your Texas Longhorns, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Kentucky. Fantastic addition for Scott Drew. Their recruiting ranks, they're getting up there. Highest recruit in program history. What are your thoughts? Yeah, fantastic get for Scott Drew and company. I was very sad when Keontae George chose Baylor over Texas. I thought Texas was a very clear-cut fit that he was going to go here, but he decided to go elsewhere. Respectable decision. Same within the state of Texas. So, uh, yeah, definitely a new rival now for Texas. But County George is a fantastic player. Uh, but, yeah, Baylor, they're, they're getting much better with their recruits now. Obviously, coming off a hot national championship. Definitely makes sense for County George to go here. So I'm very excited to see what he can do and how Scott Drew can develop him into probably a lottery pick in the 2023 NBA draft, which is two years away, but still a very big impact coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better. Great get for Baylor. They're recruiting. They're one of those teams you want to go to now. Indeed. And speaking of teams to go to, 2022 five-star recruit Khalil Ware. 
He's going to be going to Oregon, a very hot destination this, this offseason for 2021 and 2022 recruits. 6'11 center, he chose Oregon over Arkansas, Texas, Ole Miss, Kansas, Auburn, et cetera, you name it. Joins five-star recruit Dior Johnson for the 2022 class. So, yes, Oregon is stacked with the 2022 class. So, Oregon's future is looking very bright under Coach Jana Altman. What are your thoughts on Oregon and uh, what they've been doing in 2022? Yeah, Oregon, they're just one of they're the they're the West Coast team you want to go to, obviously. They get most of the guys from the West Coast or from the to the West Coast. But yeah, consistently a sweet 16 team. I'm gonna keep expecting that for years to come. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely the sweet 16 powerhouse and they make it every single year. With with or without their talent, they're still gonna be there. So I'm very excited to see what they can do. And maybe even elevate to Sweet 16, the Elite Eight to Final Four, maybe into the finals in 2022. So I think it's going to be a very special year for that Oregon Ducks team. But I'm very excited to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Continuing with the five-star recruits, another 2022 five-star recruit, Kajani Wright, has committed to USC. 6'9 power forward. He chose USC over Stanford, Arkansas. And once again, your Texas Longhorns were in the mix. Ranked second in power forwards for the class of 2022. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, good decision. Uh, I'm a little sh- uh, shocked. I'm not, not shocked. A little ashamed. He didn't go to Texas. I think Texas is still centering you. I know USC is becoming a very good program for centers. Obviously, you see the Moby brothers last year. Uh, you've seen a couple other guys in the past, and Neke Okongwu as well. And so uh, I definitely think it's a good decision for Johnny Wright to go to USC. I would have loved to see him at Texas, though, but it's all right. I think he's a very good player. Obviously, he played at Sierra Ken with Bronny James, BJ Boston, all the guys, you name it. So I'm very excited to see what he can do at USC next year. But for now, got to see him hopefully build up his stock Maybe try and get that number one power forward spot now that Jalen Duran is now gone. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with you. I think this is a good uh, fit for them, especially since USC, they're, they're, near up, they're up there in developing centers. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that as well. But finally, last piece of breaking news before we get into this main topic of the episode, 2022 five-star recruit MJ Rice beginning going to Kansas. 6'5", small forward, chooses Kansas over Oklahoma State, NC State, Pitt, etc. He is a very heavy uh, player in the 2022 class. Ranked inside the top 10, Kansas 2022 class now ranked 10th overall. This is actually their first five-star, believe it or not, but they have a lot of good four-stars as well. What are your thoughts on Kansas and MJ Rice uh, finally linking up for 2022? Yeah, I think this was a huge get for Kansas, especially in recruiting ranks. I don't even know when the last time they got a, a five-star recruit was, but it's been a Bryce while. Thompson. Well, yeah, well, yeah. he didn't pan out as expected. Uh, okay, he didn't a, good, like, a good recruit then, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you get the point. Well, Kansas freshmen haven't been doing good lately. But, yeah, it's been a while since they've gotten a, a freshman to step up. I know Jalen Wilson is, is a type of guy, but he's a redshirt freshman. So that's yeah. kind of 50%. But, yeah, I think MJ Rice is that guy that can finally change, change that, that curse, I'd say. Yeah, it's been an ongoing curse with the five stars not doing too well at Kansas. We've seen it with plenty of guys. Quentin Grimes, you can, you can go back to as far as Quentin Grimes. You can probably go even further back if you wanted. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I know Quentin Grimes did find his home at Houston, but at Kansas, he, he didn't do the greatest, I would say, which probably why he transferred. But that's just me. So let's just get right to the main topic of the episode. First, conference preview of 2021-2022, the American East preview. Obviously, 10 teams still in this conference. A very good conference last year. I think this year it's going to be a fantastic conference. I'm very excited to watch this American East conference. So, for those of you who do not know the drill by now, player of the year, dark horse, we go from teams 10 all the way up to number one. I am excited to get back to these conference previews. One of my favorite times, obviously, besides March. But let's just get right to our your American East player of the year. 
Yes, my America play my America East play of the year is a transfer in the name of Elijah Oleniyi. Obviously, two years ago he played for Stony Brook, eighteen points, six and a half rebounds, two assists, two steals. Decided to transfer, went to Miami. Yes, Miami, Florida, the ACC mm -hmm. comp. Obviously, the stats decreased a little, ten and a half points, five rebounds this year, this offseason. Decided he wanted to go transfer once again for one final year. Decided to go back to Stony Brook. And man, oh man, Stony Brook. I'll get to them later, but they are looking legit. I think I think he's going to win the player of the year competition, especially since he has four years of prior or three years of prior experience in America East play. And he did very solid in the ACC play. Yeah, I really think it comes down to two players, Elijah Oyani, like you said and also Ryan Davis from Vermont, my player of the year for the American East. Obviously, Ryan Davis, uh, no, no, no shock right here. I think he's definitely one of the clear front runners for the player of the year for the American East. Average 18 and a half points a game, six and a half rebounds this past season. I know he was pretty much the focal point for Vermont last year. Didn't go as far as they wanted, but I think, uh, excuse me, that was my computer. But I think Davis is definitely going to step up big this year and may, probably hopefully elevate his level because I don't know anyone in the American East that can guard his monster of a man. So uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do. And I think Vermont has very big things, once again, per usual, in the American East. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, uh, for Dark Horse, I have UMBC, obviously. Their coach, Ryan Odom, he is gone. He is at Utah State now. But what a terrific hiring. Jim Ferry took Penn State as far as he could last year. They almost made it to the tournament. You know, Big Ten play. Any team can make it to the tournament. But he was hired by UMBC. I think that's one of the best hirings in this offseason, in my opinion. And UMBC, they're a very good team. They got Ray Salnav. And, yeah, he's going to be a star there, too. I think he's third in the order for the player of the year race. And UMBC, I think they're going to be up there. And they may compete for that, that auto bid. Yeah, I could definitely see UMBC completing for that auto bid. I think it's really a four-team race. UMBC, I think – actually, sorry, five-team race. UMBC – uh, one of those five teams, I, I, I think it's a top, top five heavy conference this year, which is usually you don't think of that in the American East. I think last year was probably a two-headed uh, conference with Vermont and UMBC, but now I think a lot of more teams have stepped up this year. But uh, my, my dark horse is going to be a, a hometown team. They did very well last year. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different, but I think they can still do it this year. UMass Lowell. I know UMass Lowell lost their star Obadiah Noel. I know you could go on about how he was the focal point of this team. But I think this team still are going to be a very good team. Uh, not, I mean, they're not going to be the top five team, but they'll be a very good team. I think they'll surprise a lot of heads in the American East. Obviously, they got their second option, Connor Withers, coming back. He's hopefully going to elevate his game. And the biggest piece they got was U uh, USC Upstate guard uh, Everett Ham Hammond, I believe that is. Yes, that is his name, uh, coming in to UMass Lowell. So I'm very excited to see what this team can do. And don't sleep on those Riverhawks. I think they're something in the water there in UMass Lowell. I'm very excited to see what they can do and hopefully upset a lot of these top five teams in the American East. Mm -hmm. Let's get to the main topic, ranking from 10 to 1. There are 10 teams in the American East. At number 10, unfortunately, there has to be a last place team. But I think this is, it is very obvious that the last place team in the America East is Maine. I don't, I don't really have anything to say. Uh, I think I think the name speaks for itself, to be yeah. honest, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's some of these conferences that, unfortunately, that this is that bottom feeder team this year. I mean, sorry, the past couple of years, it's been Maine. I think it's going to be Maine once again. Lost their top two options. Oh, sorry, they do return their top two options last year. 
which maybe could put them a couple spots higher. Uh, but this team's still definitely 100% in rebuild mode. New coaching staff and everything's pretty much new for this main team. They're probably going to be the bottom once again. I'd be, I'd be, I mean, they definitely could move up one or two spots, but they're definitely going to be a bottom three team. Most likely the bottom team, but we'll see what happens. See if they can pull it up of an upset up. But uh, yeah, main definitely number 10. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, I have Binghampton here. New coaching staff still have a long ways before before being competitive. Yeah. Uh, within the America East. Yeah. Uh, bottom three is the same. I'm going to flip-flop uh, eight and nine for you. I'm going uh, NJIT here at number nine. I think this team definitely has some good hope in year number two in the America East, but I think losing their star, Zach Cooks, definitely going to hurt this team a lot. I know they got a very big addition in Pa from Holy Cross, alongside their second option, O'Hearn coming back, but I think NJIT is going to struggle without that star presence of Zach Cooks. And you kind of need a star in this conference to do successful things. NJIT, they did okay last year, but I think without Cooks, could be a different story this year. That's just my opinion. But this team's going to be a bottom three team for sure. Uh, that that I I predict, but we'll see what happens, and we'll see if they can approve us wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do agree that NJIT is a bottom three team. That's why I have the number eight. But I feel like they do have a rising star in the name of Dylan O'Hearn. I think he's going to be an all-conference player. The rest of the lineup, though, not that good. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. He definitely has a very good chance to be an all-conference player. Number eight, like I said, Binghampton is going to be here. Similar uh, similar bottom three, obviously, like I said. Binghampton's been down uh, in the bottom three the past couple of years. Uh, this team, they have a couple bright spots, sure, but I don't think this team has enough, nearly enough firepower to compete with a lot of these top heavy teams. So I got them at number eight in the bottom three as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, number seven, I have UMass Low here, your dark horse. They've lost their, their heart and soul and Obadiah Newell. Obviously, he was actually the greatest the program's greatest player of all time. Would you say that? Yeah, I would definitely say that. And I believe he's in is he in the G League right now? No, yeah, he, he has an opportunity in the Summer League. I, I totally forget. Yeah, okay, that's okay. That's what I thought. I yeah. Sorry, I, I was thinking G League, but I know he got some yeah. really good job. Yeah. My fault. Well, best of luck to him uh, for chasing his NBA dreams. But as for UMass Lowe, although they do return a lot of key pieces, they should be somewhat competitive, but they got to find that next star. I mean, they, I think they got their star, but that's just me. But I got them a little bit higher. Number seven for me, I got Albany right here. Albany obviously lost a lot. They got a new coach coming in as well. Obviously, they lost their main guy, C.J. Kelly. They do return two starters, and I think this team will be pretty good with a lot of good talent incoming. I think Albany will be a shifter. They could definitely move up. They could definitely move down. We got to watch out for Aaron Ryder though, Cameron Ryder's brother. I think he could definitely do some good things and maybe win a freshman of the year in this conference. So watch out. That's just my words. Yeah, totally agree with you. I have Albany at number six, one spot above you. Uh, they, they, last year, they were definitely a hot and cold team. Uh, if they made threes, they were, they were going to win. If they didn't, and obviously, they were going to lose. In recruiting ranks, they actually picked up two of the best three-point shooters in Division Two. So this team, obviously, going for the three-point shot. Yeah, it's probably a smart thing to do. That's, I mean, the game's definitely evolving, so I think three-point is definitely a smart decision for Albany's sake. But, yes, my dark horse is going to be here at number six, UMass Lowell. I think they're just outside the top five. I think the top five is pretty clear and defined for both of us. I mean, our, our rankings are very similar, but I think it's kind of – Three clear tiers, I would say. Top five, bottom, I mean, middle two, and then bottom three. I think that's definitely clear cut for me as well. So I got UMass Lowell here in my dark horse. I don't need to explain too, too much. I think they got their star and Connor Weir stepping up and Everett Hammond coming in. It's going to be a good dynamic duo, and they're going to carry them as far as they probably can. We'll see what happens. I got some faith in the hometown team, UMass Lowell. 
Mm-hmm. And in the top five, first team I have is Hartford, obviously the reigning America East champs. Unfortunately, they were making the transition into Division Three in four years, I believe it is now. And yeah, hopefully they can they can have a hell of a season and and hopefully convince the, the administration to keep them in D1. Yeah, I got Hartford a little bit higher. I'll talk about them later. I got UMBC here. You're our coach at number five. UMBC, I think it should be a very solid team this year. They do lose their top two options, uh, but they do bring in some very good key pieces coming back. Additionally, like you said, Ray Salme is coming in from DePaul. He shows a lot of good promise for this UMBC team. Jim Ferry should do a fantastic job year one. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think it's going to be a very good year for UMBC. But let's see how they compete against the other top four teams in this conference. Mm-hmm. I have UMBC in my top four at number four. I feel like the expectations ever since that little 16-1 upset over Virginia, I feel like their expectations have kept going higher and higher and higher. And it's it's up to Jim Ferry to, to keep those expectations high. And they're cleared by Dark Horse. I think they have a good team and a good coach. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with you there. Definitely a top five team, maybe even top four as well. So my number four team is going to be UNH here. Uh, this team's coming back firing. They returned seven of the top eight guys from last year's squad. I see a lot of promise in this UNH team once again. I believe they finished third last year in the conference uh, for the regular season, at least. I think they got bounced relatively early, though. Yeah, they lost to UMass Law, I'm pretty sure, in the uh, American East. They also tournament. lost the Maine. They lost the Maine as well. <laughs> in the regular season? Yeah, they lost the uh, Maine. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. But uh, regardless, I do see this UNH team being pretty solid. Obviously, Guadamara and Martinez, the top two options coming back once again. I'm excited to see UNH compete once again, hopefully beat Maine and maybe go a little bit further in the American East Conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Next up, I'm actually going to do a, a mid-episode change here in my top Whoa. three at number three. Whoa. That's, I'm going okay. to put, put Vermont here. Uh, wow. Vermont, obviously, they've dominated the regular season for – I don't know how long, 10 years, maybe, maybe even more. And like last year, they dominated once again. Fortunately, they did not get the auto bid. I, I don't even think they're the best team in the conference, even with uh, the reigning player of the year returning. I feel like they have a long ways to go before reaching that number one spot. But obviously, they do have the best coach in the conference and the best player, one of the best players in the conference as well. Wow. Very bold take there for me, Vermont at number three. I definitely think the team is a top two team for sure. You might not have them at number one, but I was surprised you do not have them at number two now. A very uh, last-second switch, but uh, you, you got your reasons, I guess. So my number three team is going to be staying. I got Harvard here, obviously the ring, American East champs. They're going to look for a lot of revenge and obviously trying to repeat. They got a big chip on their shoulders, all of them do. Obviously, they don't want to move down to D3. I wouldn't either have to win in uh, my conference tournament, but uh, obviously Williams leading the charge once again, definitely going to be an all-conference first teamer for mm-hmm. sure. Yes. And uh, I think there's still a good distance between those top two teams that I had in my rankings. Hartford, I believe, still has a good chance to compete with those top two teams. Though. They got a lot of good guys coming in, led by uh, Clayton coming in from Copeland State and obviously Kimbrough from LaSalle. Uh, two very scrappy and good shooters, I should say. So I'm very excited to see what this Hartford team can do. Hopefully go back-to-back. That would definitely be the ideal goal for them. But I'm very excited to see what they can do. So, uh, yeah, Hartford number three. Mm-hmm. And at number two, I have UNH here. Obviously, one year ago today, I had UNH as the number one team in the America East. I said, quote, unquote, the America East runs through Durham, New Hampshire. Unfortunately, that did not happen. They, they finished third. A time, uh, yeah, they finished third. I honestly think that was an underachieving season, especially since they lost to UMass Lowell. They lost to Maine. And you can't lose to Maine. 
But last year, they were also one of the worst three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball. Martinez was their best three-point shooter at, at, I think, 33%, and he's their center. So that was kind of embarrassing. But this year, they added a pair of D2 shooters, one of, one of the top D2 shooters in, in, in D2. I don't know what I'm saying. But, yeah, hopefully their weakness can turn into their strengths. And I want, I want to see them win the America East. I just can't put them at, at the top spot just yet. Yeah. Uh, very bold take from you, but you and H above Vermont. Uh, I definitely think it's very bold, but, I mean, you got your reasons. So, we'll see who ends up being right when it's all said and done. But, uh, yes, my number two team, obviously a team we have not – oh, yeah, we have talked about a little bit today. Stony Brook, year number two. This team, a clear cut one and two, I think, in this America East. Uh, from right now, I got Stony Brook at number two. Could definitely change. Do not get me wrong. I think it's a very close race between those top two teams. I think Stony Brook was very, very good. I'm very excited to see what they can finally do with everyone coming in. And uh, it's kind of a good homecoming, I guess, with Oli Lani coming back, like you said. Obviously, they also got a very big name in Jaleel Jenkins from uh, Bailey Dickinson coming in and also Roberts as well uh, from St. Bonaventures. So uh, I'm very excited to see what they can do. I, I'm intrigued with this American East race, but right now I got Stony Brook at number two. I know you like to think otherwise, but uh, I'll let you get to the number one team. Mm -hmm. The number one team is Stony Brook, in my opinion. What a what a two years it's been for Stony Brook. Two years ago, they hold Stony Five out the door into the transfer portal. This past season, I think we definitely underestimated them. We had them as as something eight, nine, or ten. We had them as a bottom three team in this conference, but they overachieved an eight and nine conference. That was very respectful, respectable for what they had uh, last year in their roster. But this year, like, uh, Alminayi comes back. Jaleel Jenkins, he's a demigod, obviously. Our NEC uh, preseason player of the year last year, and Anthony Robs from St. Bonaventures. One of, I think this is the best backcourt in the conference, and I finally think Vermont's regular season – uh, rain is, will be dethroned, and the America East will run through Stony Brook, New York this year. Yeah, another bold statement from you. Uh, new, new, new location like this year, I guess. <laughs> yeah, new we'll, location. We'll see, we'll see if it pans out this year, but my number one team is going to be Vermont. Uh, I see no chance this team flips out of the top two. Definitely going to be first or second. I see nowhere else for this Vermont team. This conference is going to be very, very fun, though. I'm very excited to watch the America East. But I think Vermont definitely going to see a lot more in their path. It's, it's going to be not, not easy by any means, but I think Vermont still will dominate. I'm not dominate. They'll do very well and hopefully regain their regular season title. Ryan Davis, like I talked about, fantastic player. Uh, he's definitely one of the stars in this conference, and he's hopefully going to do it once again this year. Vermont has a lot of work to do, I think. They have a very good offensive and defensive team. I think they have the defensive player of the year on this team for sure. But, uh, yeah, they also got the coach of the year, I definitely think, as well. But, yeah, it really just all depends on if everything clicks and if they can beat some of these top-heavy teams in the American East this year and they can go back to the tourney and finally go dancing once again uh, for the first time in a year throughout. So, uh, yeah, very excited to see this American East, though. So, uh, yeah, that is all we have for the American East. Next conference up, American – no, Atlantic Sun, also known as the A-Sun. I think it's just called the A-Sun now, isn't it? Yeah, it's normally called the A-sub, but the A stands for Atlantic, if you want to yes. get technical with it. Yeah, I know. Uh, my apologies. Uh, but, yes, we will probably do that tomorrow because we got a little bit of catching up to do. Uh, we did the math, and uh, we got to get going. So, we will be get going. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, you got any final words before we uh, close this first conference preview out? Yeah, 31 more conferences to go in 87 days. Uh, yeah, happy birthday once again. <laughs>
appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we got some work to do. So uh, we will get back to work, and we will see you all tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, that is all I have for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. And it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. The America East will run through Stony Brook, New York. <laughs>